entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf and today with our guest host, Jay Kelly Hoey. Along with Kelly and our executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guys on this learning journey. To learn more about Kelly, check out her website at jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. Okay, Kelly, let's get the conversation going. Thanks, Marty. I am absolutely thrilled to welcome to the Business Builder Show today, Ian Harkin, CEO of Lottie Dolls and a champion for kids. Now, for those who aren't familiar, Lottie Dolls are a diverse range of premium quality small dolls. Since launching, Lottie has been, uh, well, a challenger in the toy industry, challenging norms with respect to body image, gender, stereotypes, diversity and ability, and ethnicity. Lottie has been a big promoter for STEM subjects, uh, in particular to girls who are underrepresented in the STEM field. Um, a partnership, I, I can go on with so many things about Lottie Dolls. I'm a bit of a fan, if you can't already tell from my um, enthusiasm in my voice. A partnership with the European Space Agency saw the company send their Stargazer doll to the International Space Station for 264 days alongside British astronaut Tim Peake. To date, Lottie dolls have won 35 international toy awards and are on sale in over 30 countries worldwide. Welcome to the Business Builder Show, Ian. Thank you very much, Kelly, for having me on. So let's go back. You know, um, Lottie has accomplished a, a lot, but let's go back to 2010, 2012, which is not that long ago. That was before Lottie went into space. Uh, she was just an idea hatched around a kitchen table in London. You self-funded the company initially. You sold your home. You set up shop in Donegal, Ireland. Um, where at the time, I noted from some stuff on your website, um, unemployment was 24%. Um, what on earth were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I guess, you know, when we started out the business at the very beginning, um, we did about 18 months worth of research when I was living in London. Um, I started with the business with a friend of mine called Lucy, and um, we built that business up based on the insights that, um, we discovered um, initially that one of the first pieces of uh, research that we came across was a, a an article in the Times, uh, uh, the, the, as in the London Times um, newspaper. It was by a, a lady by the name of Dr. Margaret Ashwell. And Dr. Ashwell, she was head of the British Nutrition Foundation, and she had done some research, which um, she was able to discover that the from the dolls that you were playing with, um, kids were developing body image issues later in life. And so we find this hugely interesting. And we contacted Dr. Ashwell. She put us in touch with a number of child development experts from uh, body image experts to play experts. Uh, we did our own focus groups with moms and kids. We we really listened to kids more so than what uh, anybody else was telling us Um Kids wanted um, 
portability. They wanted attention to detail. They wanted um, dolls that reflected themselves. Um, and, and one of the greatest things that we actually did through that research was we discovered that most of the other, it's, it's, it, some of it's really obvious when you're doing it, but we discovered that pretty much all of the other dolls in the market were based on adults. And uh, we decided to base our doll on a child. So we were immediately able to get around a lot of the body Im- image issues, uh, the sexualization issues that parents and con- were having concerns about. And um, we launched our doll based on a nine-year-old child. We sculpted her actually on the average proportions of a nine-year-old child. So, you know, those body image issues, we, we were able to solve a lot of them. In, in fact, we we went to a, a, a guy by the name of Professor David McCarthy, who's from the London Metropolitan University, and he gave us the average proportions. So when we went back to him a year later about the average proportions of a boy doll, um, he said they're virtually identical at uh, the at nine years of age. So we use the same doll body for both our boy and girl doll, uh, which can help, you know, in terms of play patterns and identity and things like that. Um, we, you know, when we started it in London, because we went against the grain of, of instead of, you know, developing an adult doll, um, we, we based ours on a child. Um, retailers, you know, they were always saying to us, look, you need to develop it pretty much like what the market says. So it needs to be uh, 12 and a half inch. It needs to be blister packed. It needs to be full of plastic and, you know, shout outs of what's inside the, the packaging. We went completely the other direction and we decided to make it cute and portable and reusable and, when we eventually launched it on the market, we got a lot of kickback from retailers that because we didn't conform to what they told us to do. So we decided that we would focus online initially, and we picked up distributors right around the world who, who bought into the values of it. Um, and distributors at that point in time, they were very much focused on the independent retailers. And again, you could not get bigger advocates than your local toy store, you know, because we had a story to tell, they were more than willing to uh, help us on our journey and telling the, the, you know, the research that we put into our doll, uh, what made our product different. Um, Whereas if you go into big box retailers, you're sitting against, um, you know, established brands that have been there for 60, 70 years, and it's very difficult to compete. But, but and, and, and you were and you competed by messing up their shelf space with a different size box and different size yeah, doll. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and at a higher price point as well. Like we 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 really um, take a lot of pride in the attention to detail that we provide in our dolls. So we do things like inner lining, stitching. You know, because we do all of this, we're, we don't actually shout it out on the packaging. If you if you look at any other doll in the market, they will shout out the features of what their their dolls are. We don't do that. We like kids to buy a product and afterwards discover, you know, things that they didn't know about the doll. Um, and, and that's really how we address a lot of the diversity issues as well. We never say on the doll box that, you know, um, you know, that it's a doll with a hearing aid or a doll that has um, ADHD or um, autism. You know, we, we provide content inside the box that helps kids discover those differences. Oh, so that natural curiosity and, and um, 
I would say the natural curiosity in kids and, and the desire to discover something and that ability to get excited about it and share it with someone. You can almost hear it. Um, I'm glad you so glad you talked about the research. Um, but I, I'm got I have to go back to this. Why did you relocate to Donegal? Yeah, so I guess um, I'd been through a pretty difficult period in my life. I, I, I was um, engaged to a girl in London who sadly passed away from cancer. And I had um, been working in a different company. I sold up my shares there. And um, one of the, I suppose from, you know, as this is a business show, I, I guess the when you start a business, you have um, a couple of options. One is you can go out, get investors, and uh, what that does the moment you do take that step is you lose a lot of the control in your business, um, both in direction um, and, and um, you know, the speed of which you have to get your return. Um, in uh, in building a brand, you need to take time to do it. Um, you know, we already talked about the 18 months worth of research that went into it. And, you know, with each uh, product development iteration that you go through, that, you know, workflow takes time and you're constantly building on the uh, fabric of what your brand is all about. So if you, you know, dilute your equity very early in that stage, you're constantly being... Um, asked for a return on investment and that pressure, you know, just adds pressure to it. Um, so I guess I, I got to the stage where um, I could have went out for and looked for investment. And, and I suppose in London, that was one way of doing it. Um, I am from the northwest of Ireland, which was severely uh, affected um, post the last uh, crash, uh, financial crash. And Unemployment rates are extremely high. Um, for me personally, it would have been it was good to be able to demonstrate that you can um, operate a business on a on a global level, I guess, um, from quite a remote location, as long as you have um, good broadband and uh, and you're able to locate the right talent. Then it, it's not an issue. Um, we like every other toy company in the world, we still have to go to trade shows. Most of our work is done at the tr international trade shows and everybody has to travel to them anyhow. So where you actually operate from doesn't really matter. Um, we have, you know, um, warehouses in remote locations uh, around the world to, to be able to fulfill um, on a timely basis, you know, just like every one of our competitors. So all of the work that we do here is, IP creation and then all the marketing and sales and um, development work that we do with our products. And I would say you've grown quite a team over the past few years. Uh, you've, you've touched on it in, in our conversation so far and some of the challenges from you know retailers and expectations and I want to say sort of a narrow viewpoint the market has on you know, dolls and what their size needs to be. But what are some of the other challenges of being a mission-focused company? Yeah, um, I suppose get, getting your product to market is the, the biggest challenge. Um, what One of the beauties, I suppose, of, of social media is that you can reach your audience a lot quicker and more direct than you ever have been in, in the past. You know, historically... Um, 
you know, diversity has been a real challenge for retailers because I guess because they're not able to communicate it sometimes in stores very well. Whereas online, you can tell that story an awful lot better. Um, you can communicate it to people, you know, through video or uh, just website or, you know, blog content or, or social media content. Um, and the engagement as well that you get when you do that um, is very powerful. I like what, what we want to do with a lot of our products is, you know, even though we are developing products for, you know, minorities, um, we want, you know, the majority to be buying our products as well. Because if you give a child, a doll that, you know, talks about autism and educates kids about autism, they're more likely to be able to develop empathy uh, through play um, so that they themselves, you know, are able to identify other kids that may have those differences. And, you know, it normalizes. If you're able to do it at a very young age, you know, the, the chances of kids getting bullied, you know, later in life are significantly less. No, that's that's amazing, Kelly. If um, I, Kelly, can I jump yeah, in? Yeah, jump in. Um, jump in there, Marty. You're being too quiet. Uh, well, uh, as always, I'm listening. Um, Mission Focus Company. So I've read the background, and uh, I guess when did you decide that? Was that the strategy? Was that in your heart right from the very beginning, or did you decide that along the way? Talk to me about that. Um, I suppose like. Um, we would have started out and we were very much focused at the very beginning on body image and empowering girls. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of it actually happened from people that we've met along the way. Mm. And we pride ourselves on customer service. So uh, by doing so, we communicate quite a lot with different people who have maybe not been served by other brands or other toy companies. Mm -hmm. So we engage a lot with uh, people, you know, simply by people emailing us. Um, mm. And and then we do our research. So we, we uh, have a database of about 60,000 people that we communicate with uh, several times a year. Uh, we also do our own focus groups where we um, – Mm -hmm. do a more formal, uh, strategic sort of uh, research. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it's all research. Um, it, mm -hmm. it fits with, you know, our own personal values. I think the brand, when you're building it, uh, especially as a um, someone who owns the business as opposed to a, a big corporate, um, they tend to, f you know, the, the values of the brand tend to uh, reflect your own values. Mm -hmm. And your own interests. So, um, yeah, it's people, really. It's so you it's did the research, Ian. Right, you did the research. You have an art background, if I understand correctly, in addition to a financial background. Yeah, I have an art in interest and passion. Um, I, I, I guess the whole way through school, I, I, it was my favorite subject. But um, I guess I, I chose a career in finance to be able to pay bills. <laughs> um, Realistic, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, my question, I guess, yeah. Ian, is how much did that, having that art background, help you at the very beginning? Did you actually do a lot of the design? Did you have, in addition to getting feedback from others? I'm interested in that. Yes, um, I I would have. Um, I would have been involved quite quite heavily in it. Um, one of the first things we did um, when we uh, started Lottie was we 
we employed a, a brand consultant in in London, and it was it was quite a large uh, amount of money to be paying out on, on one of our first bills, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but what it what it gave was structure, and mm-hmm. it gave us. Um, it made us think about things like, you know, what is your tone of voice? Who is your brand? How do you talk to both parents, you know, the um, media to kids? Sure. So we 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 built a lot of that structure and those values. Uh, you know, what what did we want our brand to be um, from day one? Mm-hmm. And then we've we whilst it evolves, it it um, we stay true to a lot of what we decided at the very very beginning and. Um, it made it a lot easier as well. Yep. Um, yep. And you couldn't have done that if you leased your soul and everything else to a, an investment capital group. Oh, did I say that out loud? Um, <laughs> Come on. Glad did, you did. Did, you, did you want? Did, do we need to bleep that out? Or I'm, I'm glad you took the track that you took. So back to you, Kelly. Oh, that, that's great, Marty. Well, um, you know, so much of this, I knowing Ian and, and knowing some of these stories, um, I want to go back to the the Stargazer Lottie, the doll you put into space. And I know a six-year-old girl in Canada uh, was very influential in coming up with the design of Stargazer. But I want to know the other half of this is how did you forge a partnership with the European Space Agency? And how did that come about that you could get the first doll into space? Yeah, so as you mentioned, little Abigail, um, her, her mom's actually, she owns a crash in, in Canada and she had been looking for a doll that pretty much ticked all the boxes of what she was looking for. She hadn't found it before. She literally wrote us a letter to say thank you when, when, when we launched and she bought the entire range for a crash. And... We then, through a conversation, we developed the product with her daughter, Abigail. And as we were going through the development phase, um, we thought, right, okay, we want to teach girls in particular about STEM subjects uh, because we're aware that uh, girls um, are not represented enough in STEM fields. And we thought, right, okay, because we're focusing on, on astronomy, let's contact the European Space Agency. And we uh, decided at the very beginning, we were developing content together. We did a couple of different competitions on essay competitions and, um, and, and art competitions. And then it was a really cheeky sort of backhanded thing, I suppose. We just said, um, I, I guess it's one of those ones, if you, if you don't ask, you know, you don't get. So I just said, what would be the chances of sending our dolls to space? And they sort of turned, looked at me and, you know, is he being serious? And I was going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be great if we could get her sent up to space because, you know, we could teach girls about um, what's happening on the space station. And immediately I thought they were just discounted and they said, right, okay, we'll get back to you. And six months later, just out of the blue, they call me up and say, "Um, yeah, we got to keep this secret, but in six months' time, your doll's going to go up to space. Wow. So we had to keep it secret for six months. Wow. <laughs> okay, that would be another conversation. How do you keep that secret for six months? And I will make sure that in the show notes, not only do we have links to your website, Ian, but we include the video that was done around Stargazer Lottie because that, like, Abigail's face when she yeah. sees, you know, 
her doll that she helped design with you, like going off to space. I mean, it's just, it's worth everything that just her, just her excitement is something else. What a gift. What a gift. Yeah. Very cute girl. Um, I want to go just, you know, you mentioned also earlier in this conversation, you've hinted at some of the other dolls. So you've got the, uh, in 2017, you launched uh, Mia, the wildlife photographer, the first mass produced doll with a hearing aid and implant. In 2018, you launched Loyal Companion based on a boy from Northern Ireland who has autism. Uh, And this year on World Dwarfism Awareness Day, you launched um, a partnership with Sinead Burke, our mutual friend, um, and you launched the Sinead doll. Um, How and when? Like, do you decide to create a unique doll? And and what's been the market reaction to these dolls? Yeah, um, so I, I suppose I'll go through each of them there. The, the, the wildlife photographer doll that we did, the Mia doll, um, she was a partnership that we did with an organization called Toy Like Me. And they specifically asked us about a doll with a co- cochlear implant. Um, and they they actually challenged the entire toy industry to be more inclusive about developing products uh, for kids with different abilities. And they'd been communicating for a number of years with the larger uh, companies and they weren't getting anywhere. So whenever we reached out to them, uh, we ended up we, we were the first company to to actually develop a, a doll with them. And um, the impact for it, for it was huge. I mean, um, the feedback that we get from kids who have the condition themselves is phenomenal because it's the first time they can ever relate directly to a doll that looks like them. The power of that is, is huge. Um, but as I said earlier as well, for us, it's not just about selling dolls to kids from minorities. It's It's you know, selling it to the general public and letting them discover about, you know, the challenges that some of those people face. Um, the Hayden doll we did was, um, it, it was a quite a nice tie back to the first doll that we did with the Stargazer doll in that he spoke for the first time uh, when he watched the rocket take off to space. So he, he later discovered that he was autistic and had ADHD. Um, and then the first words that he spoke were the countdown. So locally, I suppose there's always a really good, um, you know, hook to 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 push out to press and, and the media. Um, in in some of the dolls, it, for us, it's 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 really just about you know providing alternative. Or sorry, providing a a doll or a toy that kids can relate to. Um, in Sinead's case. Sinead approached me um, uh, a number of years ago, about what well, I think it was two or three years ago, I think, in, in at the uh, Inspire Fest um, uh, festival in in Dublin, and uh, she asked me straight up, "Would I be in? Would I like to?" Or actually, she probably demanded it of me. <laughs> knowing Sinead, <laughs> knowing Sinead, Sinead I'd go with the latter. I'd go with she probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was. Um, it was a huge honor to do it with her. Um, we, um, we, we, I, I, this time last year, I spoke at, um, Sinead's annual convention, uh, where all of the, uh, little people of Ireland meet each year and they celebrate, um, 
they have a celebration event and it's it's quite informative as well. And I, I'd spent three days with um with her community and and you can see when you meet some a single person, whether there's whether this is a single person with autism or a single person with um uh hearing implants but when you see multiple people at the same time it, it you really get immersed in the, some of the challenges that they face um and a lot of it is actually just down to design which is what um Sinead is most passionate about it's about inclusion and design um and when you see yeah when you see mul- multiple people hundreds of people with that same uh, disability in the one location it really emphasizes, you know, that something has to be done, uh, you know, now, not in the future. Um, so, yeah, it powers you to to take action straight away. Kelly, you know if, saying, Kelly and yeah, Ian, if go I ahead, can jump yeah. in. So, dear Business Builder Show audience, replay the last few minutes so that you really understand what a mission-focused company is, what a real <laughs> mission focused company is there are people throwing around that phrase a lot uh worldwide and uh, i'm sure some of them are true to their word but listen to the last few minutes of what ian just said to us and you'll really understand what those words mean it's 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 amazing and also i think you know ian you're just such an example of you know where in you know a competitive market you can carve and it's not to say that it's easy uh, or without its ups and downs and headaches but you can create carve and create your own path um, and really stand out um, you know and hopefully up for others to emulate another area where for me um, you as a business owner stand out um, is um, you being a champion of, of other local businesses um, and we've talked about Donegal a little bit with the economic challenges that region had when you first moved, Lottie, there. Um, but share share a little how you've been working with other local businesses, in particular Donegal designers, um, to highlight the vi- the vibrancy of the business region. Yeah, so this is a, like a little project um, that um, I, I conceived, I suppose, at the beginning of this year. And um, my, my wife is actually from Colombia, so... Um, we every weekend we've we've got two kids and we pile them into the car and we go to a you know a, a location in our county that we've never been to before. So every weekend we're being exposed to both um, the beauty of where we're from, Donegal, stunning. So it is. It's um, it's a must. <laughs> it's a must go to uh, location. Um, if you can, if you can tolerate the the. the uh, the rain a little bit, but um, it's um, it's a stunningly beautiful landscape, and it's got a really rich tradition in craft making, both in physical products and, and garments. And um, what I wanted to do uh, was, I guess it's 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 a little bit from the sustainability side on our own products, you know, where we're encouraging people to make our own make their own um, outfits and um, buildings and everything for Lottie. So uh, I I contacted all of the fashion designers and fabric makers in Donegal and pretty much every one of them got back and said they'd like to get on board with with the little campaign. So 
uh, we sent them out a doll, uh, a couple of dolls, and they all made outfits, uh, one-off outfits for them. And I jumped in the car uh, for a couple of days and uh, went out and visited their businesses and uh, showcased the dolls that they made and mm-hmm. uh, showcased their businesses themselves. But it was fascinating for me going in some of these businesses, you know, they're over 100 years old making fabric and the history that they have as well. I mean, it's real high end fashion down to, you know, local handmade um, one off pieces. But the pride that they take in their work uh, and in their workforce and where they're from uh, is phenomenal. Um, I, I find it really, really motivating. Um, and, you know, I suppose from from that point as well, you know, we're we're sharing different, um, you know, routes to market or marketing techniques or whatever you can share with another business to help them grow as well. That's uh, I have to say, having watched the campaign, I'm I you know I want I wanted wanted Lottie's wardrobe from that little excursion yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, around the region. I'm a little envious of. Her, yeah, her <laughs> yeah so reason. one of the one of the locations that we we're at was a studio Donegal and they're a um Sarah Jessica Parker actually has a holiday home very close to it and she's a big fan of theirs as well so there's there's some people with really high profiles and some people that were just starting out and yeah it was great to be able to do it we'll see that see more more for those listeners of the business builder show to uh emulate following Ian's example um, in terms of the way you build a company and the way you can market a company. Um, Ian, before we wrap this up, I, I got another question for you. Um, what, are you are you bringing back Pirate Lottie? What, what's next? What's next? Give, yeah. it Give it a hint. <laughs> oh, you know, um, there's a really... So um, Pirate Queen Lottie is based on this um, woman from Mayo and she uh, was is called Grace O'Malley. And she was she was a pirate who operated off the west coast of Mayo and commanded over 600 men at one stage. And um, by rare, like we 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 were constantly we, we this is one of the first dolls that we did was a pirate. So we wanted to show a, a female in an empowering role. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's probably a little bit too empowering being a pirate, but. Um, <laughs> The, she was a story that had almost been lost to history, and it was um, rediscovered by a lady called Anne Chambers, who wrote a book about it. But um, randomly, there's there's another person by the exact same name uh, called Grace O'Malley, who she's a, a young girl uh, from Mayo, and we're doing a project with her uh, next year as well. Um, unfortunately, she has a a medical condition that um that uh means she goes to hospital quite a lot so um we are doing a doll with her and her friend Avine uh, Avine actually developed a prototype using like a teddy bear type thing and it's um teaches kids about when they go to hospital about um uh, all of the different procedures, the main procedures, I suppose, you know, getting your temperature taken um, to maybe getting an IV put in and uh, trying to get rid of or remove a lot of the fears that kids may have from spending a night or, or more in hospital. 
So that girl is also Grace. Um, but we will be doing the, the Grace um, pirate outfit, as an outfit pack in the future as well. Awesome, 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 awesome. Ian, um, it's always good to talk to you and uh, look forward to seeing you soon, whether it is one of our mutual friends gatherings or mm -hmm. Dublin for, I would say, Future Human, the conference formerly known as InspireFest. Um, and thank you. I will include links for our listeners. I will include links in the show notes to all these things that we've talked about. And um, Ian, thank you for being a guest on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Business Builders Show. To learn more about me and I'm Marty Wolf, go to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. That's MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. To learn more about Kelly Hoey, go to her website, which is jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. And of course, you can find Kelly and Marty on LinkedIn and Twitter. A reminder, you can find all our Business Builders shows on iTunes, Spotify, and on your favorite podcast app. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf.